0: This is The Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. I am uh, about to uh, speak this morning from the word and uh, I I, want to go to Philippians chapter number one. And we're going to verse number 1 to 6. And we're going to lay a lot of emphasis and uh, attention. Uh, Families, if you guys want to go sit at the back, Justin, Shireen, Betsy, if you all want to sit at the back anywhere else, feel free to do that. We understand that you have kids, okay? So Philippians chapter number 1 and verse number 1 to 6. This is where we're going with this passage. And we're going to focus really on verse number 6, okay? That's where we're going with this study. But while you're turning over there, I have a question for you guys. Uh, How many of you guys here this morning have an unfinished project waiting for you at home? Anybody? It was a resounding, whoo. okay. There are five of you that are telling the truth and the rest of y'all are just plain out lying because y'all know you have something that you started that you have not finished. And for me, if you ask my wife, she's grinning from year to year. Because she knows there are not one, not two, not three, but we can go on and on and on about the projects that have not been finished. She's going to enjoy this message today. She's going to say a lot of amens. (laughs) But there's something that you've been working on, something that you've been trying to finish, and maybe for a long time, but for whatever reason, you haven't yet completed it. I don't know how many of you have. A bunch of them, some of you probably start one and don't finish and you go on to the next one. Some of you are pretty particular about starting one and finishing it before you go to the other. But if you're like me, you just like to start stuff and you're like, I'm just going to come back to it whenever I do. And it gets on Sonia's nerves. You know, but I, 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 I look at her and tell her, you know, I do it for a reason because we're all a work in progress. You know, I tell her that God is working on all of us in such a beautiful way. And if God is not done with us, right, what makes you think that, God, that, that, that He expects us to be done with all these projects? Yeah, I'm a pastor. I can make anything a message. Amen. So, but what I'm reminded, I'm, I'm titling my message this morning Work in Progress. And, and and as I was preparing this message, the song that would, just kept coming to my mind was this song that I learned growing up. And it goes something like this. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Sing with me. He, just the week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the Jupiter and Mars. Come on, anybody remember? Uh, no, no, just a few of us that grew up in Sunday school got beat if we didn't learn our memory verses. Come on, somebody. Anybody else? He's still working on me to make me what he thinks I ought to be. Amen? That's, it's, it's so beautiful. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, it's kind of going to make us understand the importance of this message. But let's read verse 1 to 6 for context. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the overseers and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all of my remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. and I am confident of this. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I want you to pause for a second and consider what Paul is going through in this particular situation. Paul had planted many churches before he had come to Antioch. He has received revelations. He has written letters. He's probably the most effective evangelist of his time and age. But he still gets arrested. He's forgotten in prison. He's going through the system. There's a time he went through a ship- This His life is a shipwreck. Like, as, as Paul's life went on, life as it may, life as, as it were, just got worse. It didn't get better. For all the message of the good news he was preaching, you would imagine that his life got better. But the opposite was true. The more he preached, the more he witnessed, the more he was the hands and feet of Jesus... The more he planted churches, the more he witnessed, the more tragedy he encountered. He was in house arrest in Rome, and he writes some of the most remarkable letters. And at this point in time, he writes this letter to the church in Philippi. And it's one of my favorite letters because of what he's actually going through. I love the old school hymns. I don't know about you, but I love when our worship team busts out with one of those early 80s or 70s or 60s hymns where uh, it's so meaningful and rich. Those were men and women that wrote those hymns and those songs in some of the most painful times in their lives. They didn't go on writing retreats where they bought out some popcorn and they sat back with their, their legs up in the air. Not that I'm saying that's how they write songs, but you know, it's it wasn't comfortable. They weren't in a retreat center somewhere saying, hey, we're going to write some songs. We just got to be alone with nature while we get the revelation." No, no, no. They were in prison sometimes. They were in a ship, almost getting shipwrecked sometimes. Like I can go on and on about stories. I love it because they came from experience. They came from a place of pain and desperation. And in verse number six, Paul is writing these words from a place where his hands are tied up like anybody, you're sitting in jail and, and I hope not, nobody goes to jail, but man, you're, you're sitting in, in, in penitentiary and you're thinking about writing letters to encourage everybody else. And you're probably going to look back at the person writing to you and be like, you focus on you before you encourage me because you need a lot of encouraging than encouraging me. But he found a way to encourage himself through encouraging other people. And in verse number six, the Bible says that I am confident, someone say confident. I am confident of this, and what is this? It's this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I want to teach for just a second over here. Paul uses a strong word to describe the hope that he has in Christ Jesus. Y'all, it is a strong hope, like confidence. Confidence is translated to this word, which means to be persuaded of, and have confidence in, to be persuaded of. I have no, like beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's a subtle persuasion of mine that was continuing, There was a continuing result of a crisis in the past that gives me a hope for the present trial that I'm going through. Like something that has happened before, that God has come through for me, and the, and the, the peace that I witnessed before, I can go into today's situation with my head held high, knowing that my God is with me, And is going to sustain me because of all the past struggles that I've been through in my life. As far as Paul is concerned, he is confident. Someone say confident. confident. And it's important for us to kind of dig in and ask, why is he confident? And a few things that I want to remind you this morning. So take notes if you want to. We don't have notes in the Bible app today, but I have the notes up on the screen. Point number one, he's confident that God is working in him. If there's one thing that I want to encourage you with church today is know that you know that you know that God that started a good work in your life will bring it to completion but in verse number 13 the Bible says this in in Philippians 2 and verse 13 it says for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose I want to remind somebody today this that that that, that Paul was confident that God was working in him. Someone say, God is working in me. This is the most important thing that the Christian needs to understand. If you're not a Christian, I want to open your eyes into understanding the importance of being in Christ. I want you to open your eyes to understanding the power of living a life that is in Christ. What does it really mean? The Bible says, having begun, that's the word that Paul uses. It's used in the perfect tense, which means he started it and it still continues. It's not that God started a work and then he abandoned it. He's like, man, if I started it, I'm going to continue working in your life. his, His certainty is grounded on God's creative and sustaining ability. Like this knowledge that you and I know that, man, I am saved. I know that God's salvation is is inside of me. It's not an insecure feeling. It's not a diffident feeling. I'm not guessing. I'm not nervous about my salvation. I'm not nervous about my relationship with God. I know that I know that I know. That's where Paul is getting with this. I can be confident in one thing. Can I, can I tell you what it is? That when I close my eyes on this earth, I know when I open my eyes, I'm going to see Jesus Christ. That's And you know what? Paul is so confident because he knows that one thing. No matter what circumstance, no matter what situation, no matter what jail, no matter what impossibility, no matter what penitentiary, no matter what I'm going through in my life, I am confident because my life is secure in Christ Jesus. Even if this world is against you, And if you don't have stuff going your way today, I want to remind you, church, that if you have a life that you are living in Christ Jesus, there is nothing that this world can steal from you. You have joy inside of your heart. The most important thing this morning that I can tell you is Christ started the work. And because he started the work, you can rest in peace. You can go to sleep at night tonight because he started. You didn't start it. You're not sustaining it you're not keeping it going it's not your salary it's not your smarts it's not your street smartness it's not your your book smartness it is only through god he won't allow anything to come in that he doesn't know how it's going to impact in your ending come on somebody i want to remind you that paul is assured he says i am assured i am confident what is he confident of? You and I should be confident of what's in First John chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, whosoever believes that Jesus is Christ is born of God. I am confident that I'm a son and a daughter of God. Living in Christ means that you know that God loves you and he owns you and he, he, he has a part to play in your life. Or in verse 13, where the Bible says, I write these things to you, who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. That's what he was confident of. That is, if I close my eyes on this side of eternity, when I, when I open my eyes on that side of eternity, there is a voice that says, well done, my good and faithful servant. I am confident. Someone say confident. And my only one question this morning is, are you confident of who you are in Christ Jesus? The pain and the tribulation that you're going to today cannot be compared to the confidence that you have of who you serve and whom you serve because he is faithful, church. He is a God that has called you. He says, man, I'm assured, I'm confident. Why am I confident? Because God is holding my hand. We were at the park yesterday, and uh, we took our girls to the park late in the evening. And as we were in the park, our girls were running around and playing on the different stuff. And, of course, my 2-year-old, my almost 2-year-old, she's not even 2, but she thinks she's like 10. She wants to run around like her seven-year-olds, uh, our 7-year-old's running around. She wants to climb on the stuff that our 4-year-old's climbing on because she's an overachiever. And, man, sometimes she surprises us. And there's one of these things in the park where you jump from one platform to the other, to the other, and then from there you come back to the, the platform that was lower. It's kind of like this, this mountain thingy, but different platforms. And, and she has no problem to climb on the first platform. She jumps on that. And then she actually has a reach to climb on the second one without any help. And sometimes she'll, she'll reach out her leg. Sometimes she'll climb with her hands. But the problem comes where she has to get onto the third one. She'll climb on the third one. She struggles a little bit. But now, the coming down is what scares her. She's like, I got to jump from this to the other one, and I just don't have the reach. So she stops. She has the wisdom to stop. And she looks at mom and dad and says, hand. She says, give hand. It's not a please. It's not a would you. It's a give hand. So, of course, we have to come to a rescue and give hand. So we give hand, and her demeanor changes. It goes from fear to confidence. She's like, I can do this. Come on, am I talking to... She's like, I'm about to make this leap because I'm not going to do this on my own. I have the assistance and the ability to do this because daddy or mommy is about to hold my hand and assist me through this... Mm. I'll tell you something. It's not my grip on God. It's his grip on me that makes me confident about facing tomorrow. It's not my own ability, Julie. It's not because I woke up this morning because of my ability or my reasoning or my strength. But my Jesus said, good morning, Archish. I am ready for this day. I don't know if you are, but take hand. Come on. Oh, this is good. That's what Jesus said to Peter. In all your situations of drowning, when everything seems, and Paul is like, dude, I've seen this time and time again, and the reason I can sit in prison, I can sit in a situation that has no hope and say, I am confident, is because I am not doing it in my own ability and in my own righteousness and my own grace and my own power, but I am doing it because I know who I am in Jesus Christ. I'm not confident in my goodness or my character or my history or my ability to persevere. He will complete it. He will perfect it. Confidence is based on the commitment of the Savior. He's committed. He's committed to your cause. I want to remind somebody today. It might not seem like it, but Jesus is committed to you. He's in it. He's like, man, hold my hand. That's all I need you to do. Just trust me in this process. It's not in your ability. He's not, he's not, he's not trusting in your ability. He knows you're going to mess up. He says, I got this. In Jeremiah 31 and verse 3, the Bible says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. That's the kind of God that I serve. In Ephesians 2 8 and 9, the Bible says, For it's by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not for yourselves. It's a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. People sitting over here, I want to remind you you can't work your way into heaven. You cannot sweet talk your way into heaven. It's a gift from God, lest I should boast. I am confident that my yes to Jesus means I am secure, that he's got my back. God is committed to your end as much as he was committed to the beginning, church. I want to remind you, why is Paul so confident? Because he is confident that God is working in him. Here's the second reason. He's confident, and he's okay, and he can go to sleep at night because he knows that God is working on him. Not only has he done a work in you and he says, I'm happy, I'm good. Come on, am I talking to somebody? He said, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I, you know, I, I have done a work in you. He created the heavens and the earth. But he's not just a God that creates and then says, Adios. He makes sure every morning the sun goes up. He makes, he's a God that sustains. Someone say, sustains. He's not the African chieftain who has conquered every territory that he's conquered. And he's just sitting back and he's bored because there's no more territory to conquer. He pursues you and me every single day because he sustains that which he creates. Never for a second think that he creates you and then abandons you. He creates you for purpose. Someone say, purpose. Purpose. Purpose means there is a long-lasting purpose. There is a season that God creates you. And as long as he has created you for that season, know in your heart and be confident that he takes care of you through every season that shifts and changes through the winter, through the dormant seasons, through the fruitful seasons, through the sowing seasons, through the reaping seasons. He is taking care of you. Why is he confident? Because he knows God is working on him. I know that some of y'all were born with wings under your, under your arms and you're like angels. But for the rest of us, we know that we need Jesus. I need the Lord every day, y'all. I cannot stress this enough. Like, I gave my life to Jesus 26 years ago. But I can assure you this, there's no measure of time that you can get to where you can say... I made it. I don't know about you because not, I've, I've not reached that spot as yet. I haven't made it. Five years ago, I, I didn't come to that point where I'm like, I've made it, Jen. Let me start a church to help all these other people get on my level. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. Absolutely not. If there's the biggest work in progress, and I wasn't joking about it when I started this message, the reason I can lead the way I do is because I'm a person that hurts. I'm a person that pains. I'm a person that goes through stuff. I'm a person that God looks at every single day and says, thank God that I can do something in you today. I'm tired of people that just show that they have everything together. I refuse that because the moment I reach to that point, Justin, is when I tell myself there's no fixing anymore. I don't need help. I'm not a project anymore. Come on, am I talking to somebody this morning? Like God is looking for some people that can have that humility. I need the Lord every single day. Like God ain't done with me as yet. I'd be afraid, I'll be afraid, I'll be scared if one day morning I wake up and I get a revelation that says God is done with you. Like there's no more to work on you. I mean, I I look forward to that day, but I know that I'm not gonna be breathing anymore. Like I know, like. Like there is no physical existence if you think you've made it. Because for the Christian, made it only means one thing. It means heaven. That's it. So get off your high horse. Let's all get off it and say, God... I don't know what it is that needs working. It might be the pride inside of me that kept thinking that I don't need working. But today, humble me so that I can get chiseled and I can get worked on and I can get chipped away so that you can make me in your own image and in your own likeness and everything that I put on. Come on. And my message to some of us is get in shape. We got to put off the weight that we have put on and get into the shape that God wants us. Come on. God created us in image and likeness and over time, we've just like put on all that honeymoon weight, you know what I'm talking about? Like that, we've let go of ourselves and we're like eating all the stuff of the world and God's like get back to the gym and start lifting weights and start getting groomed up to look more like me and what I want you to be. All the amens went down. (laughs) Anybody that's lost weight knows that it takes work to get there. anybody that has a six-pack like, like Jeff does right like anybody that has a like you know like I don't I have a family pack I can't talk right now like like for people like Jeff like once you have that six-pack you don't look at you like you don't look in the mirror and you don't be like that's it I'm good I'm done it takes work to maintain the six-pack come on my time to you? what's gonna happen is if you look at yourself and you're like oh look at me I'm done And you let yourself go. No exercise. You don't watch what you eat. That's it. You're going down. Am I talking? Let me get back. Let me get back. Let me get back to this. (laughs) (laughs) That's why Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. His purpose. Can I finish this message real quick? We're a work in progress, y'all. When you see a person fall, don't judge them. Like, you have no idea how long he's probably or she's probably been trying to stand. Like, you have no, all we see is them crumbling and falling, and fa- but, but you have no idea the, the stuff that they're dealing with. All you see is the addict. All you see is the person that doesn't have it spiritually together, but, but they've been trying. It's been a while they've been trying, and God's looking at some of us and think we're all works in progress. I have to remind myself every single day that I'm a construction zone. Am I talking, like, like, your vicinity is a construct. anybody drove through a construction zone before? Like, anybody walked through a building, like a mall or one of those shopping complexes, and, and you, they have a sign out there, they, they, they say it so nicely, pardon the dust, something good is coming. <laughs> like, it's like as soon as you read that, you got to stop thinking about your asthma that's about to kick in, like, two seconds, like, that sign has to make you feel good, and somehow it does and they spray some perfume all around that place just so that the dust is invisible and all the ugliness goes away. Like DFW Airport's been that way like, for the last 15 years. You know what I'm saying? Like I f- It feels like they're building something every single time I go up there. But somehow I keep... Because, because there's something about building. and There's something about construction. And, and, and today, you know what? I live my Christian life stress-free. You know why? Because I've learned that strategy. All I got to do, and this is true. I don't make this up. All I got to do is I wear a sign around my neck that says, what? Pardon the dust. Something good is coming. And then there's going to be plenty of Christians that look at me and say, hmm, look at him. He doesn't have it together. How dare he's a pastor? How dare he's, he's preaching from stage? How dare he's leading a life group? But, bro, you don't know my story. Like I'm able to lead the way I'm leading because of the hurt, because of the pain, because of the scars, because of the wounds, because of stuff that was done to me and stuff that I did to others. And the grace of Jesus that has worked on me and worked on me and chiseled me and and made me to who I am. And God looks at me and says, I'm not done with you. Just hold on. Pardon the dust. Something good is about to come. And I'll be okay with it because one day I'll be ready. Not for y'all to see. I don't care about y'all seeing me in the fully formed, beautiful way God has created me to be. But one day, I assure you, you will be ready. And that day will be the day when the heavens are rendered open. The Bible says one day Jesus is coming back for his bride. That's all the bride cares about. That's all the wedding dress is for. When those doors swing wide open, all she cares about, all her eyes are on is one person. That dude that is up on the stage looking at her, smiling from year to year. And one day the bridegroom will be waiting for me and the bride called the church. Are we ready? Will we be ready? Will, will you be ready? You know, construction zones, they're, they're not places of peace and contentment. Anybody goes to chill at construction zones? Anybody? Anybody took your, t- took your girlfriend out on a date and said, hey, I know that construction zone, it's, man, it's amazing. Like, have you seen it? Like, it's the thing. No, you don't girls if anybody does you bring them to me for prayer i will pray over them nobody does most people will say that they're messed you know that the construction zones are messed up places they're dangerous places and often unsightly places to look at Construction zones have lots of bumps, and lane changes, and starts, and stops, and backed up delays, and, and, and then falling hazards. And They're dirty, they're noisy, they're disorganized, they're confused, untidy, hectic, disgusting places. But there are a few things that you have to remember as a mature adult in a construction zone. And knowing that your life is in construction and a work in progress day after day, that's what Paul says, I'm not perfect. But one day I will attain that perfect, that, that perfect nature, that stance. Until that day, I'm going to pursue to it. And, and I know that because I'm not perfect, I live in a construction zone. A, I know I'm not perfect. And B, as a Christian, can we get this? Let's accept that nobody else is perfect. Because that's the first thing we accept. Everybody else is messed up except Ashish the Matthew. That's my Instagram handle, by the way. Thank you very much. (laughs) Because it's easy. It's easy. As long as we can blame the world for our lack of self-reflection and self-awareness, we're good. Because all I have to do is compare myself to the rest of the world. And as long as I can find glory in that. And, and I don't realize that I'm in a construction zone. Here are the few things that you got you to think, l- look at in a construction zone. You got to pay attention for signs. Right? One, one, I, got, I got pulled over once for driving through a construction zone. And I was like 20 over. And, and the cop pulled me over. And, and I was like, why why'd you pull me over? He said, you, you were driving through a construction zone. And I was like, no. And he said, yes. And I was like what's and he's like, well, you can't go. Oh, there are signs posted. And I was like, I promise I didn't see the signs. A lot of us don't. We, we drive through places and we don't see signs. We don't, you know, we want to blame the city for not putting ample signs. We want to blame the tree that was in the way of the sign. We want to play everything else. And, and I was like, no, it's not my fault. But there were signs. It's so important in a construction zone to pay attention to the signs. God is not expecting to go 100 miles an hour in a construction zone. Stop requiring yourself to go full speed in a construction zone. Look at your neighbor and say, slow down. Slow down. Like, Don't be alarmed when life is rough and bumpy. Be encouraged because God must break us out of our comfort and complacency. He's doing a great work in you and me. And he's like, slow down. Enjoy the ride. I know it's not dandy. I know it's not pretty. I know the sights are not great. But slow down because this is a place of work. There are people working. There are individuals working. Your wife is around. Your kids are around. Stop trying to go on. Like, like, slow down. Someone say, slow down. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 16 to 17, it says this, Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Don't just look at the outward man. Just don't look at the mess all around. Just don't look at the, 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 you know, stuff that's going on and be like, ah, no, it's not good. The Bible says, even though the outward man is what? perishing yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction for which is but for a moment is working for us in a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Stop rushing it. Stop rushing it. Expect those delays. Expect those detours. Don't be surprised when you need to slow down and take another route when God says stop there not that door this door don't be surprised when god says man not that job this job not that guy this guy not that girl you need to you need to cut off that relationship with that no just don't be like god hates me no god's actually looking at you and saying it's my way you're a work in progress here's the next point follow the plan follow the plan i am under construction but I'm not doing the building he is. When you understand who he is, he has a reputation. When you get a builder to build your house or your building, you just don't hire anybody and everybody. Come on. Am I t- you don't go to, you want to build a house, you don't go to the market and be like, who's the cheapest guy? Let me get the cheapest dude to build. No, no, no. You want a guy with a reputation. You want somebody that has reviews. Anybody look at reviews before you buy something? Two people. Okay, the rest of y'all are not. Okay. Everybody looks at reviews. You're like, okay, I'm going to go to Commission Church. A bunch of people have said that it's a nice, okay, let me go and check this church out. Or you want to go to a restaurant, you, you, you look at the reviews and you're like, okay, that dish. You know what? My God has a lot of reviews to his name. I want to, I want to remind you of that. Can I, can I talk to somebody? Like, he is the one that made the heaven and the earth. Like, he is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the lily of the valley. He is the bright and morning star. He is the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. He is the Lord of lords. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord strong and mighty. He is the Lord mighty in battle. He is the root out of the dry ground. He is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. He is El HaGadol. He is the great God. He is El Kadesh. He is the holy God. He is El Hanakam. He is the faithful God. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Lord, my provider. He is Jehovah Sidkanu. He is Lord, our righteousness. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is the God of peace. He is my battle axe. He is my strong tower. He is my rock of salvation. He is my joy in the times of sorrow. He is a deliverer. He is love, joy, peace, goodness, and mercy. He is joy unspeakable, full of glory. He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He is Jesus, Jehovah, O Sanyo. He is Lord, our Maker. All things were made by Him. Without Him there's not anything made that was made. It is He that is doing the construction. We are under construction, but it's He that is doing the good work. And He is more than capable. He is more than capable. No matter what you're going through, He has experienced in that area. He has done it. He has seen it. He has walked other people through it. And don't you doubt for a second. Remind yourself this morning. Calm your heart down this morning and say, I am confident. I know that. I know that. I know that I serve a mighty God. I encourage you, follow the plan. That's what the builders go to. They go to the Plan. When they're in doubt, they go to the plan. The framers, when they're in doubt, they go to the plan. When the architect has a doubt, even though he drew it, he goes back to page number seven and says, oh, okay, that looks like this is what's needed. I drew that. I, and sometimes God looks at you and says, trust me, I drew it up for you. And I know when it is time. I drew it up for you. And I know when is the moment I drew it up for you. And I know that this door ain't good. That is the one you got to go through. And it might take two months. It might take two years. But if God said it, he drew up the plans. You got to trust the plan. Because he says I have plans for you. Plans to prosper you. Worship team, you guys can get ready to come up. The last point is this, trust the process. Trust the process. God will complete his great work in us. Every time I get frustrated about 635 I look at what it's been done and I'm like, I have hope. I see that they did a good job on that side, even though it took seven years. They did. So it's going to be okay. I know some of y'all driving from that side of town, taking six, you're like, ah, this traffic is the end of me. But one day, trust the process. God will complete his great work in us. He will, that's what the Bible says, carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Whew, carry it to completion. Fully perfect it. Make it complete. I was doing math with my daughter the other day, and I was trying to tell her the reason why she, she, does it. she gets some answers wrong is because she's probably trying to rush through them in order to get to the end of her quiz. And I said, check your work. Check it twice. If Santa can do that, you can do it. Am I talking to... It's so important. Like, like this is important. Like, like, trust the prayer. Like, like perfect it. The, the perfection happens when you check it. And then God is continuously looking at you, perfecting you. And sometimes it's a thing that he's already worked inside of you, and you're like, check And sometimes it goes weak. Come on. Mm-mm. Am I talking to somebody? And, and sometimes it's love, it's gentleness, it's peace, it's, it's long-suffering, whatever those things are. God's like, you, you got to trust the process. Bring it to completion. First John 3, 2, the Bible says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear that we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. I want to rem- remind you that you will not be what God wants you to be until the day we see his perfection eye to eye. Be encouraged this morning. Don't put yourself under too much pressure. Yeah. Stop putting that pressure on yourself. It's not worth it. I'm a work in progress. Would you stand up to your feet with me, Please. I want to remind you, I'm better, and that's a lot of you sitting over here. You're better than what you used to be. Come on, am I talking to somebody? Anybody ever make that statement? If it was the old me, if it was the old Asha, she would see another side coming out. I'm thank God that that side is gone, dusted, buried. But I'm not going to lie, there are I want to pick up the phone I want to call that person and give that person five minutes of my time, not the right kind of time, but I want to let go and I want to let somebody know what my true emotions are, my true feelings, and then I got, to, I got to tell myself, I've come a long way, Ashish, I've come a long way. I've walked a, I've walked a crazy path and I don't want to go back to that crazy self. I know I've not arrived, I'm not not there as yet, but I want to remind somebody standing here today. If you don't know what life in Christ Jesus is about, life in Christ Jesus is about you not putting the pressure on yourself to be perfect. Not one person standing over here should be like, man, I can't be a Christian if I'm not perfect. Opposite, eh, wrong answer. In fact, to be a believer and to be a Christian is far from perfect. The Bible says strive towards perfection. Walk towards it. That's important. Your sanctification involves you working out your salvation day after day after day. So don't use this as a crutch and excuse. Oh, pastor said I don't need to be perfect. Let me go cut somebody out. No. Hold your horses. This is important. Accepting. Yes, I am not fully perfect, and I don't expect to be. God doesn't expect me. He says, "Man, I let me work on you." Just showing up. Just showing up. Sunday after Sunday, life group after life group, community after community. It doesn't matter where, just showing up and allowing people to pour into you. Allowing God to just chisel away, shape you, mold you. And The Bible says we will not understand that last verse we read. Listen very carefully. Beloved, now we are all sons of God. We're all children of God. Someone say, I'm a child of God. But, 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 it does not yet appear. It does not yet look like it. It does not yet look like we're in His perfect image and likeness. Yes, sin did that to us. Although we were created to be that, we're still forming. We're still, our faces are still kind of, kind of it's, we're not theirs yet. And He goes on, but, but we know that, we know that. When He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He can the day will come that we will get to that point but that point is when we will be an exact replica of our maker don't put the pressure on yourself to be like Jesus right now strive attempt make strides but when you have done it all when you've given it your best when you've given your hundred God says hey your work is done that might be at ninety four that might be at uh 98 Or like Ruth Graham You know her if you go to her graveyard her tombstone reads this It says I was a work in progress. Thank you for your patience. That's what it reads And today that's all God requires is you to just admit I'm a work in progress Because one day you'll reach that point where you're like, the work is done. The fight has been fought. The race has been run. And today I can gladly look at the Lord and say, I have done my part, God. Every eye closed in this place, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're struggling with. But I want to remind you this. You and I are a work of progress. In desperate need of God to do a work inside of us in desperate need for god to come through in a supernatural way for us but that's not going to happen if you and i put this stress on ourselves of saying hey i gotta be something i gotta match up to to certain standards i want to pray over you today i want to declare god's righteousness over you I want to declare that you are the head and not the tail and no matter what you're going through in your life that God has got your back every valley experience that you're walking through today I pray that God will be the lifter of your head that he will sustain you that he will give you grace that he will give you the ability to walk through any fire of fiery furnace thank you for listening we love bringing you the word on so many different platforms we are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.